1: Welcome to the latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance. I'm super excited today because I have as my guest the wonderful Michelle Sales. Now, Michelle is passionate about helping people tap into their true potential both in leadership and in life. She has a phenomenal background. She's worked with some of the um, Australia's most respected businesses, including ANZ, NAB, Telstra, Australia Post, Department of Defence and Tennis Australia, and worked in corporate roles for over 28 years, many of these being senior and exec leadership roles um, before establishing a, her own leadership business in 2012. She is the proud author of the book called The Power- of confidence learn how to lead to your full potential and we'll be touching on that book shortly because her principles around stepping up with real confidence to actually um, achieve what it is that you want to achieve professionally and personally to me talk to what this podcast is all about which is about unleashing your own inner brilliance welcome michelle it's wonderful to have you here
0: Thanks, Janine. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: So, my question that I always want to start with is if you can take yourself back to uh, your childhood, what do you think, what was it that you wanted to be uh, when you grew up and why?
0: Mm, very good starting question. I always wanted to be a teacher. I just, I was really clear on that. And, um, like all through primary school, high school, I was a really good girl and I just wanted to be a teacher like my teachers. Right. And do you think
1: you, any of that childhood passion plays through to the work that you're doing there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I had a a very roundabout way of getting here. Oh, tell us about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I got into teachers training college as it was back then and thought I'll take a year out. I'll save up some money and uh, dad got me an interview for Westpac and I thought I'll just spend a year waiting for Westpac and then I'll go back and study teaching and that will be my career in my life and of course I never went back because when you're 18 and starting to earn money and loving life then that, you know, you just get into that. And I really enjoyed the time that I spent in financial services, which ended up being a a long, long time. Mm -hmm. But uh, about eight years ago, I I was working for NAB at the time, and we had been doing some offshoring work. And I was in India, sitting in this beautiful hotel on the balcony, and there was this massive electrical thunderstorm going on in the background. And I was um, sitting with this guy who was would have been you know close to a 100 years old and he was reading my palm and doing my numbers Mm. and he took one look at my palm and said you are a teacher and it was just like goosebumps because I thought that's what I wanted to be you know dial right back and that's what I wanted to be and um, and I was at that point starting to think about you know what's next for me, and I thought there is I've got to make this happen in some form or other. And whilst I'm not a teacher in the traditional form, uh, that's that's pretty much my life.
1: That's so good. So in terms of um, the teaching piece,
0: what is it that you love about the work that you do? I love uh, for me and for the work that I do. I love learning. I love growth. And, uh, and so learning something new every day for me is really important and I love whether it's training or high performance teamwork or, um, or coaching, whatever form it takes, I love helping people to learn and grow.
1: And through your so twenty eight years in uh, corporate roles and uh, across some pretty big brands, um, the ANZs, Nabs, Telstra's, Department of Defence, etc. What did you learn during that time about
0: yourself, having worked in those those sorts of environments? Um, so the corporate roles I did were across financial services, so just Westpac and NAB, and the the brands that you mentioned then is who I've been working with over the last seven years in in my current business. Um, I obviously learned a lot when, you know, I started as a teller with Westpac and I ended up spending the last 10 years of my corporate life in executive roles. So you obviously learn a lot and big corporates like those afford you loads of opportunities to try new things. Um, So I learned that... um, Anything's possible with with some confidence. You know, I was a good girl. I did. I was brought up as a good girl and head down, bum up, did the right things. You know, going into new roles, always you know put my hand up, took on more, um, did my job. And at some point, that's not enough. And so, uh, you know, it really taught me loads of lessons around confidence and that just being good at your job is not enough at some point in your career, um, you need to have confidence as well as confidence. You need to um, take some risks. You need to say yes, any, you know, anything's possible, give it a go, step out of your comfort zone. But ultimately all of that kind of centred around the, the lessons that I learned and um, many others along that path around um, how confidence can really help you to step up in your career.
1: Have you got a specific example that you think about when you talk about, because I couldn't agree with you more that that confidence is almost one of those hidden things and yet incredibly impactful, and yet there'll be people listening to this podcast that are going, I know, I know, but I really don't feel confident. How do I find that confidence? So before we get into that, because I know this is your area of expertise, um, can you share maybe an example of where you weren't that confident and the impact that that had uh, from a career perspective and what you learnt from that?
0: Yeah, um, if I can share an example that probably shows both when I was and wasn't at the same time um, and the biggest one for me is when I left all, all of those years, 28 years of corporate life and started this business. And I I really just started it by saying this is what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about leadership and um, I want to take that out and I want to use that passion of mine to to help people be great leaders with little more than that and, uh, you know, obviously a career worth of leadership experience myself. Um, So, you know, the, the upside of that from a confidence perspective is that, I gave anything a go at that point. When people or clients would say to me, um, Can you do this? I'd say, Yes. Have you done this? Yes. Um, you know, I was really clear on what I love to do, what my strengths were, and I just kind of worked to that. Um, but, lot, but in other instances, in that first probably 12 months, um, I found a number of times where I just got a bit lost in that. And, um, and wasn't sure I had to kind of repoint myself back, um, in facing front, the right direction, where am I headed? And really what brought me back was, okay, let's pair it back to what are you great at? What gives you energy? Are you showing up as the best version of you? Um, what are you, what are you learning? How are you growing? All of those things really helped me. Mm um I I think the other time was actually in the writing of the book yeah because I didn't ever think I wanted to write a book I didn't love English at school I've got so many colleagues who um, have a you know fundamental belief that they've got a book in them that was never me and I wrote a book because I got encouraged to do so by lots of different people, clients and colleagues and said, you know, this work is great and it's so important and so you should put that in writing, clients saying, I want to have that next to my bedside table. I want to be able to pull it up whenever I need it. So I did but um, I really procrastinated and I really had to use many of the things that I wrote about to build my own confidence up. During that I you know, had a really good Um, editor who you know Kelly Irving and she was really helpful for me and some people around me but there were real points during that process that I just thought I don't know what I'm doing I don't know whether that's contributing to the right thing. I don't know whether all of this is going to make sense. What happens when it goes to market? What will people think? Which is very strange for me to be saying that when I've written a book on confidence. <laughs>
1: <And> it's, <laughs> it's like the, uh, the builder that doesn't finish his own home, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's one of those things. So so it's, it's fair enough to have an idea to write the book. And as you said, it takes a lot of inner determination and confidence to do it. Why, why do you believe that confidence is such a critical need right now?
0: Well, right now, well, mm. if you look at um, what's going on in the world around us, everything is being disrupted, everything's changing. If you work in financial services, having mm the ability to actually, in Australia, having the ability to actually keep on keeping on, to um, have not just be good at what you do but have the confidence and resilience to keep going, the energy to keep going, the ability to um, bounce back from, from that. Anyone in executive roles, in leadership roles, um, knows the importance of confidence as a leadership skill because if we're just good at our jobs, if we just have the competence to to be good at what we do rather than how we do it and be confident about that, then we're bound to make limiting choices, what we put our hand up for, the roles that we go for, you know, all of that that is impacted when our confidence is low. Mm. and what
1: does what does confidence look like so it's one of those words isn't it it's 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 like you know collaboration and agility and it's, it's another word that that people talk about but for you what does confidence look like
0: yeah and it's really interesting because in all of the work that I've done on confidence there is not one clear definition that people use around confidence but you kind of know it when you see it don't you, mm, yeah, you um do. and I and I think it shows up differently for different people and that's why in my book I talk about real confidence because the real relates to an authentic, genuine and in some cases vulnerable sense of confidence. Mm-hmm. And so what confidence looks like for me can be different for what it looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally if you're looking at it, it looks like someone who's, who's comfortable in their own skin. They're often positive and optimistic and hopeful around what they're doing. Um, It's actually confidence is not about your actual ability to succeed at something, but it's about your belief in your ability to succeed. So Mm. you have that belief that um, what you're doing is possible and it's possible that you'll be successful at that. Mm. What's
1: your view on that uh, term of faking it till you make it? Mm, I don't love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am so glad you said that. (laughs) I don't love it. Look, I think there's always times in... Life that you have to okay up you get up on stage yeah. uh, you, or announce that a, a significant change in the organisation that you need you have the you know take a breath just get up there get get through but mm-hmm. oh, I think the fake it till you make it is one the word fake it to me goes against everything that I believe in which is about realness and authenticity yeah. um, and two I just I've seen too many. People do it and um, and burn out from uh, uh, trying to lead or work or live in a way that's not sustainable and not and not them. So, um, for me, confidence is something you build from the inside out, rather than you fake it till you make it. Yeah, I love it.
1: And is anyone immune to that feeling of? Uh, not feeling confident have you come across anybody or is it just a human trait that there are always moments where everyone feels insecure not in not feeling in confidence etc etc
0: it's a human trait Mm. and for me that's the most empowering thing about confidence because it's not something that you have and I don't vice versa or because you know we can be you can be really confident on the sporting field. You can go out and play a game of tennis and be really confident and then go into a more senior meeting at work and find it hard to find your voice. So mm. it's not a blanket, I I'm I'm have confidence in every part of my life um, and for all of us our confidence waxes and wanes. So being able to catch it when mm. we can feel that we're not as confident as we need to be in whatever context of our life that is, mm. um, is really helpful.
1: And you talk a lot about, and I couldn't agree more. You say that it doesn't actually matter where you sit um, on that corporate leather ladder, whether you're just starting out, whether you're a senior position. Um, that many of us uh, have those moments, and um, you know we've all been there, haven't we? Where you put in a position, and it's like, oh my god, how am I going to get through this? So, what are your what tips would you have for the people that are listening? Where they're going, yep, that's me but how do I find it? How do I become more confident? What sort of things should people start thinking about?
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned the four elements that I speak about in the book, show up, stand up, speak up and step up. Mm. And the starting point is often the show up. So, because that's really kind of having a deep look at who am I at my best? What are my strengths? How do I leverage that to... Um, both be better at what I do and feel better about doing that, Uh, having that sense of uh, why, so what are my values, what's core to me helps us to to stand up for what's most important to us in life and and work. So really tapping into that deeper, the deeper questions around um, who are we at our best, our strengths, what gives us energy, what's true to us, and having a good self-awareness around that. I think the other thing is really being aware of our self-talk is helpful because what I find is when people's confidence starts to wane, there's no doubt that there's some talk that's going on that um, is on a negative theme. And we have on average 65,000 thoughts a day. And if you get on a negative loop, then that can be, we can spiral Mm. pretty easily and all of a sudden we find that we're saying you know we're not good enough or wish I'd done that better or look at so and so they're so much better at that than me and you know these questions can start to pile on. Mm. How do do you how do you stop doing that? Well awareness is the first thing so Mm. paying attention to them and then reframing to if you can't get to if you can't reframe from negative to positive at least to neutral Mm. so um I love a little practice and most people have heard um, some practice around gratitude that at the end of each day three things you're grateful for Mm.
1: Um,
0: but I like uh, using with clients and and myself if you're feeling a bit low in confidence the three things that worked really well for me today so what's going what's going well or what did I contribute to that worked worked well so really starting to it's similar to using a gratitude exercise but just to um, reframe positive. Get some the balance of thinking to a more positive level in your mind, and um, and using a practice around that that gives you discipline.
1: And do you have you ever had anyone? Because because in a lot of the work that I do, where we might be talking about you know taking control of your career or taking ownership of what it is that you want in work, um, a lot of the pushback in conversation has been a a concern and whether it's right or wrong, real or unreal, around this concept in Australia of the tall poppy. Um, has any of that come into your work of how to manage? Uh, other people that see confidence uh, in a a somewhat negative light sometimes than the positive light of opportunity.
0: Yeah absolutely and there's a big difference between confidence and bravado and or, or you know tall poppy is part of that because when we're building confidence if it's overdone the The impact of that is, you know, we we can't be vulnerable, we don't question ourselves, we perhaps don't have people around us that give us honest feedback about how we're showing up and the impact we have on others. So I think that um, when we're seeing more bravado or overconfidence, perhaps that can contribute to that. Mm. Um, And in Australia it's quite, uh, you know, we're different to countries like the US. Um, and so when we, are, when we think we have to role model a certain way um, and, and that's not authentic, then that contributes to it as well and, you know, a tall poppy is alive and well in, in Australia very often. It certainly is. It's, it's 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 one of those things that's um, I, I think
1: unconsciously there as well for a lot of people where they think it exists and it may not even be there. The other thing I'm really curious about with this confidence conversation is how does this play out when it comes to managing difficult conversations or having to give difficult feedback? Um, have you got an example or some tips of how people can tap into your your toolkit of being able to have those conversations that matter in the right way um, and keeping in control.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because speak up is the third element, having the confidence to speak up and um, difficult conversations come into that because often we assume that if we're speaking up, whether that's in a group forum or one-on-one, um, giving feedback, etc., as you say, um, that... It will cause conflict, or will be judged negatively. So, what we avoid is we avoid any form of conflict, and we avoid being judged. Um, but in actual fact, um, two things there are: we're judged anyway, whether we speak up um, mm. and enter that conversation or not. So, um, we're judged when we turn up, and um, if we choose not to speak, then we're judged for that. And um, and the conflict is interesting because. Generally, what I find is people view have a natural assumption that it's bad, rather than reframing conflict as um, a healthy debate. Or, you know, the f- the feedback is a healthy way to have a conversation to give feedback. And so often, that assumption that conflict equals bad stops us having a conversation at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and it, it, we see it, don't we, in everyday everyday life and everyday leadership where people just would rather keep quiet than speak up and yet we need people to speak up particularly yep. moving as quickly as they are. Yeah. What are what are some of the the biggest challenges that you're seeing right now in terms of the leadership piece and business?
0: Well I think this authentic confidence is absolute like if, if we look anywhere from our political leaders to our big corporate leaders um, you know they're they're too, um, forums or, or two um, areas that I look to that um, potentially one confidence c- can um, show up like bravado, and so it doesn't have that right sense of authenticity and vulnerability to it. Mm. Um, and two, you know, if you're if, if I go back to financial services, there there should be leaders in financial services really being very reflective now around um, the the Royal Commission and, um, you know, what's the right, right way forward to build trust back in the community. And, you know, you see leaders like Andrew Thorburn doing that and, um, you know, so that's I think that's a big issue that mm. there's loads of opportunity to do that and um, do it confidently to, to rebuild trust but do it in a way that you can be reflective and um, and be authentic about it
1: yeah and i've got to ask the question is there a difference between the genders when it
0: comes to confidence that's a good point because i always say um when i'm doing any work with women and confidence that this it's not about fixing women but it's not as it's not as simple as that either you know as women we have grown up um and often in corporate environments, in very male-dominated environments where we look up and we don't necessarily have female role models to show us what's possible, um, we have been brought up with in environments where this is what it looks like to be successful around here. And so that doesn't mean you're always leading or working in a way that's true to who you are. Mm-hmm. And so those things and messages that, that women have got throughout their career um, has very often chipped away at confidence. Um, we often um, carry—I talk about carrying water. We, uh, as women, we can carry more water in terms of responsibility we feel for the people around us, whether that's professionally or personally. And so, you know, when we're carrying that, that's not helpful to our confidence. So I think, you know, confidence is really like peeling back, peeling the layers of an onion back, and it's multi-dimensional. So. Um, I do see that women are more affected by it, but there's there's you know many reasons that have contributed to that over a long period of time. Mm. is Is there
1: anyone that you look at in the space of you know you talk about politics, industry, governments, where they almost epitomise this concept of the power of real confidence?
0: Oh, it's really hard to, to look at role models when I when I think about role models I uh, what I try to do is not find the perfect package but um, think about um, what is you know what is this particular leader doing that um, is great at being authentic what's this leader doing that's great at building trust what's this leader doing that's you know showing um, their ability to grow and learn and um you know, an experience failure for a positive. So I, I try to break it down rather than try to find the perfect package because I just maybe my bar's too high, but I, I just don't see the perfect package to be well, honest.
1: any of us are perfect. We're not super, I say we're not Wonder no. Woman or Superman. It's, and no. I think part of what, what you talk about in your book is is that realness and the authenticity of um, understanding what it is about yourself so that you can work on that. And build the confidence in that what's um i'm sure you must have heard a stack of advice pieces of advice that people have given to others when it comes to tips of becoming confident you know it's like the classic when you're standing on stage you know try and imagine that everyone's naked and we all know (laughs)
0: that's
1: rubbish and doesn't work what's um what's one piece of advice that you've heard and you go god i
0: wish people would stop saying that I would stop saying it I thought you were going to say would start saying it Uh, it. well I think it is the fake it till you make it you know to be honest it's that's just what doesn't what does it mean Mm. you know and that is that is spoken about a lot in this space Um, and we know that building confidence is I I talk about it like building a a muscle you know that you don't go to the gym and start lifting 80 kilos Uh, but the small actions that you take every day to build your confidence what you say yes to today that you might have said no to yesterday those things are what builds confidence not taking yourself so far out of your comfort zone that um, it feels like the biggest, biggest professional risk that you've ever taken um but it's the small sustainable things that really truly build your confidence um the the, the advice that I do love is Amy Cuddy's advice around the um, power posing to build strength in your body mm. um so I'll, if I flip that question if you don't mind and say no, this is, I love that. that's the advice that I do like I love Amy Cuddy's work.
1: She's, yeah, she's certainly uh, had an impact on me and some of the stuff Mm. that I've seen her Mm. do. Um, So for you, what's, what's, what's the thing that you live by? So what are those habits that you, Michelle, use in your everyday to build your confidence or to make sure that you continue to
0: do this incredible work that you do with business and leaders? I... Do work that I love and work that gives me energy. So I'm quite clear on my strengths, but I'm also quite clear I'm not on what I'm not great at. And um, I've got a couple of really great um, women that work for me that together, you know, we try to be the best team that we can be. And because learning's so important to me and growth, I love experimenting, trying new things, saying yes to work, and taking some risks and learning as we go Um, I I try to banish the word perfectionism from anything that we do so give anything a go Um, I really have a mantra that anything's possible and um, and try to live by that I love it now we often get asked what do you want to be when we grow
1: up or you know what's the ultimate but my curiosity is always around who do you want to be remembered as what's the impact that you want to make with the people that you um, are lucky enough to to
0: work with I love being remembered for someone who is real and genuine and who cares and who's made a difference in people's lives by helping them to be who they want to be I love it I love it, and I think you already are. So, my
1: next question—I want two more questions. What would you do if you had no fear, Michelle? Uh,
0: other than jump out of a plane, <laughs> <laughs> which I would do—I'd always wanted to do it when I was younger, and I've had this kind of more recent. I wouldn't. I, you know, I was going to say I wouldn't call it fear, but it probably is because it's stopping me at the moment. Um, and that was to do a tandem parachute jump. Yeah. Um look, I that's probably the the first thing that comes to my mind because I do try to give everything a go. I try to if I'm inclined to go, oh no, I try to pause before I respond and say, you know, what would it take rather than no? Mm-hmm. And try to really, you know, stretch myself. Every year I think about what's my theme for the year and uh, and try to lift the bar for me personally and professionally and say, well, you know, what do I want this year to look like? What do I, how would I achieve that? And um, and so, you know, I, I try to give most things a go. Have you got a theme sorted yet for next year? No, I have mm-hmm. not got a theme for next year. I take all of January yes. off and that's when I think about my year. I'm in the, as you are in the run, yeah. run <laughs> to Christmas at the moment, so it's not the best time for me to be overly reflective and I do that in January. I'm exactly the
1: same I was saying to somebody the other day you know planning out a full year cannot be done in a 30-minute meeting you've actually got to really reflect and really connect with what it is you want to achieve next year and why because otherwise the shiny stuff takes over, so I'm totally with you. End of Jan, it'll be when I've worked out mine too. Michelle, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you. Your book, The Power of Real Confidence, can be found online and in most leading bookstores, I'm thinking. Is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. Um, I think, you know, I just want to thank you for sharing so openly the tips and tools uh, in your book, which is absolutely uh, worth picking up and keeping at your bedside, this concept of the showing up as the real you, standing up for what it is you believe in, uh, in terms of your own values as well as your team, Um, the opportunity to speak up more. I was talking to a CEO the other day and um, his advice to a room full of women was just put your hand up, you know, put your hand up more because we need to see, we want to see you and we want to create these opportunities and keeping quiet, doesn't create that collaborative effect to changing um, these diversity challenges that we're experiencing and the stepping up. And it's interesting, there's an event that I'm going to later this week and one of the discussion points is are we playing a big enough game? And uh, that question about what would you do if you just – got a little bit more scared or a little bit more courageous or a little bit more confident i think so. an interesting one in the concept of that it's been an absolute joy to speak to you michelle thank you so much for your time and i know that there are going to be a lot of people wanting to reach out to you so i'll make sure to share your contact details and um, thank you so much thanks janine it's been
0: a pleasure we hope you enjoyed listening to the janine garner show Follow her blog, purchase her books or find out more. Visit her website, janinegarner.com.au Brilliant people, extraordinary results.